The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. I'm Brett McKay. Seven in a row, 14 championships all told, 12 all told for those of you who want to forget about the COVID years, but however you want to view it, the Crusaders have claimed another Super Rugby title and your place for the biggest and best rugby discussion is the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. Last week, we had Wallabies coach Eddie Jones and within four days and well over 100,000 social media views later, it was our most listened to episode in our short history and it only continues to climb. And so joining once again this week and every week, and mostly to say thank you to everyone who tuned in last week in such huge numbers, the man who once again comes to us from locations far and from wherever he now calls home, Harry Jones. Bonjour. Bonjour, Brett. How's it? <laughs> uh, I am on a continuing recon mission in France to go, of course to, the you places, are. to go to the places where they're not playing any matches in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. So one of those places is Biarritz, uh, and I spent some time in Biarritz in the backyard of a guy named Brice. We would call his name Bryce. He's not that Brice Doulan, the soft porn and fullback playing French uh, rugby player. Brice uh, has a last name that actually is like chauvinist, except it means chauvinist. And I <laughs> asked him, what are the French chances for the World Cup this year? And he said... If we play the game we must play, we will win. And I said, well, you, wanna, you worry about the do you worry about the power smash and grab of Eddie Jones? He said, What power? And then uh, I said, What about the, the, the flank wing, power wing? And he said, Siku Makalu is the only forward who can play on the wing. Uh, so that's the that's the word from uh, from Brees, not the soft porn. And by the way, if you do porn, don't be don't go soft. Um, <laughs> And uh, that, that's what I did in Biarritz. Besides have Where beer. are we going? Where is the start of this episode going? That was just that. Yeah, that's just that's a preview of Notes from the Road by <laughs> Harry during the World Cup. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. It's still a work um, in progress. Yeah. Yes. No, it's, it's certainly a work in progress. And be sure to tune in for that during the World Cup. Um, heroes and zeros, mate. Your hero of the week very clearly is Scott Robertson who since he became head coach of Canterbury a decade ago has now claimed three NPC titles in four seasons, three New Zealand under-20s titles, and now the aforementioned seven straight Super Rugby titles with the Crusaders. He cannot stop winning, but hopefully that happens soon. Uh, amazing, amazing, and it's even though it might be a stretch to compare to Tom Brady as, um, as Hamlet McKinnon did, McKinnon did uh, I don't think it's a stretch to say Alec Ferguson, uh, Sir Alec Ferguson, and Phil Jackson can be compared with Razor Robertson. Yep. That is amazing. Yep. I mean, that is ridiculous to be able to turn out yep. that consistency uh, up for the game, the occasion, and really just the kindness that the people show in uh, Hamilton to not boo uh, Razor off the field for that horrible white dad break dancing display. <laughs> That's got to stop. It's a lot of break dancing over the last Surely year. Surely in all it? black. In the all black contract, there's a clause that says no more of that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah I don't know that it's got any better over the last decade. Uh, hit me with a zero. This is the end, the end of acronym playing all blacks. We have the end of TJP. There's no TKB. There's no BBBBB probably at, at the number there's 10. So the no end SPW. of... <laughs> yeah, exactly. The end of ALB perhaps. 
I mean, for a guy who's made yeah. a whole career based on being savvy, smart, not the biggest guy, not the fastest guy, but the smartest guy, incredibly stupid in the beginning of a match uh, with that much on the line. Uh, the Crusaders only scored three points against the full-strength Chiefs team. So 22 True. of the 25 were played. And for ALB to start out like that, uh, coming from distance, there's no there's no reason for it. And I think nah. for anyone booing Ben O'Keefe, look, he was lucky to be on the field. Yeah, true, true. And so your bonus zeros are all the online champions who've posted just absolutely disgusting messages to Ben O'Keefe on social media. And I love that O'Keefe collated them all and posted them back on social media himself just to highlight the level of abuse he gets. And New Zealand Rugby on Monday night issued a statement of support, and it's disgraceful that that's needed, but it's actually crucial that they put it out. And the sooner people get the message, just the better. Like, honestly, if you've sent a message like that to a referee, have a look at yourself, honestly. Anyway, mate, on to this week's guest, um, and it's the return of another one of our favourite guests from last year who, after a busy Super Rugby Pacific season, is about to enjoy a rare weekend off at home before it all ramps up again for the Wallabies. The Raw Rugby Podcast. Still connected to our Sydney studios, we find ourselves again this week, and from there it is a welcome back onto the pod for his third appearance he might still be on the run from the Italian MPs. It's the voice of Stan Sport, Sean Maloney. Hello, mate. Welcome back. Oh, uh, it is it is so nice to be back and for the next half an hour or so to be able to hear every boarding call that comes out of Charles de Gaulle. So every flight to Reykjavik, Oslo, yeah. Heathrow, yeah. Gatwick, Perpignan, yeah. Barcelona. Thanks, Harry. Yeah, Thanks. that's going to be fantastic. All, all places where we are number one in the market, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're huge and I. Um, uh, can I just get in quickly and say that my heroes uh, for the week, and not mm. the Crusaders, nor Scott Robinson, they are, in fact, you two. For the interview that you managed to deliver with Eddie Jones last oh. week, I listened to it <laughs> intently. And i got to tell you, the level of research that the pair of you have done, the way that you framed your questions and the fact that you both had questions in the chamber to go on the short answer front for uh, Eddie, which can sometimes arise, was terrific. It was a really well put together interview and uh, I really enjoyed every minute of it. You unveiled sides of Eddie I never knew were there and insight that I didn't know we had coming. So well done to you two. Well, thank you. Cheers, man. That's 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 very very good. You can come back next week. True. No, no, no. It's true. It was a <laughs> it was a really well done interview. It was yeah. excellent. No, no. We we really enjoyed it and and got some got some got some info back from the Wallaby camp that he was pretty happy with it as well. So we're well, he we're, should we're, be we're, because we're quite thrilled. It we came across. Terrifically. I mean, he came across mm. really, really well. And I think it's so nice that uh, you have a Wallabies coach, you know, one of the best known mm. rugby commodities in the world, happy to offer up time for, uh, you know, a site like the Raw and that's so mm. fan connected. So well done, Eddie, and well done to you too. No, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. We really, we Cheers, really Sonny. enjoyed it. And actually, you know, and you probably heard it yourself, mate, the, the moment that loosened him up was the question about whether he was going in through the front door or the back yes. door with the janitor key yeah, yeah. <laughs> speaking well, of the back door they started talking surprise. about jordan for size backside <laughs> so many there's so many great moments <laughs> there was so many great moments um but tell us so how are you gonna go mate you've got to follow eddie jones this week 
Uh, I'm going to struggle, evidently, but that's why we can <laughs> lean on some of those boarding announcements to get us through. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm very excited to be back, uh, third time back, very happy to be back on deck. I've obviously followed the site very closely this year through Jeff's writings, through Christie's mm-hmm. writings, through your podcast as well, Tony's input here and there as well. So I'm very happy to be back and uh, very excited for what's to come on the Wallabies front. How long is your list of jobs at home this weekend, mate? What are you going to do with a, a weekend off? Yeah, they've been stacking up. Uh, it's, been seven, <laughs> it's been 17 weeks straight uh, of Super Rugby, obviously. And when the season gets rolling, I mean, there is no respite. I, don't, I think I had maybe two Fridays off uh, across the season where Swanee jumped in and did those force games. Like, it's just you have no social life. Every Saturday is gone for that four-month block. And it's the way it is, and I wouldn't have it any other way. But, uh, yeah, there's a bit to be done around the house. I managed to sneak away last weekend and get a few waves in up the north coast of New South Wales, which was nice. Oh, so, uh, yeah, we'll get um, we'll get this week, and then we're into it that Saturday night, and then it won't let up till... when is Harry, when does the World Cup finish, mate? First week of October, second week of October? Something like that. Yeah, I think you're looking all the way to, um, yeah, exactly. Actually, November, really, for the party yeah. afterwards. It's so, uh, yeah. so, yeah, but uh, watch that game on Saturday, as you both did, with a very keen eye just to see what's coming down the road and All Blacks uh, perspective for the Wallabies and uh, was rightfully, you know, pretty impressed with some of the stuff I saw. Yeah, yeah, and we will, and we will get on to that because the first question that we still ask every week is what stood out for you? What was your what was your pick from the final on the weekend? Uh, it was the reverse defence, I guess, in some ways, that uh, the Chiefs have been so good at defending for so long throughout the season and the Crusaders sort of spun that around. So uh, that was obviously what helped set them up with a chance to win their, what did you say it was? Um, uh, Beamer 14th. Kate, the 14th, 14th overall. Title. 12th, yeah. 7th, seven, 7th straight. Yeah. Uh, insane. So that stood out for me, just the level defence. And, uh, and I'm continually amazed at the ability of these all Blacks legends and these Super Rugby legends of New Zealand to just find another level when they need to. Yeah. And you just admire it. So it was Retallic a week before. I was like, how is this bloke still doing this? Mm. And how does he do it for as long as he does it? And then it was Whitelock's turn on the weekend yeah. to um, to do it from Lock. So uh, just just that, just the, when it calls for it, their big names just find a way to go yeah. another level. And it says something, Harry, about the way those guys are now managed through a season that they are able to just to find a switch and flick it in terms of the final. Oh, is that the flight out for Heathrow? <laughs> no, sorry. No, so I would think that All Blacks coaches were hand in mouth watching uh, Brody Retallick smash into Sam Whitelock smash into Scooter Barrett. Scott Barrett I mean, those yeah. are the three, those are the hopes of the entire World Cup dream. But I would say Luke Jacobs stood out for me as one player who yeah. just gave everything look like a guy you wanted the back of the scrum. I would shuffle that. I would. I would actually say maybe Sam Kane doesn't need to be uh, the flank this World Cup. And I would say Luke Jacobs and Artie Savea and then a big, a big body like Shannon Frizzell or something. Um, yeah. I don't know. Or they, or uh, they could so, even play Barrett at six, couldn't they? That'd be yeah, a or, frightening or a flank, Or play a flank on the wing. Um, <laughs> but for me, the actual moment, because I love the emotion of it, a Brad Weber being asked after the yeah. game, which is always an awkward moment. What does it mean? How does it feel? Blah, blah, blah. And he just stood there. And yeah. you can tell for anyone who says Super Rugby doesn't mean anything, the competition's washed up, no one cares. 
Look just, at that man. He was yeah, literally unable to speak. And then in the end, all he came up with was, it sucks. Yeah. 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 Which was probably the perfect summary, if we're honest. It did yeah. suck. It would have sucked. Yeah. I um, I mentioned Damien McKenzie on on Saturday night in instant reaction. And I just I just keep going back to it. Can Can either of you remember a better performance in a beaten side in a final? Because I've I've watched I've watched I've watched the mini again, Shawnee on on Sunday, and yeah. he was phenomenal. Yeah, he can't game. he couldn't have done a whole lot more. I agree with that. Can I remember a better performance in a losing side in a final? That is a great question. Because the I mean, by and large, most of the finals have been generally the the team that wins it wins it quite comfortably. Oh man, yeah. I, I'd need a moment to think that through. But you're right, he's yeah. incredible. For third week running, like he's on fire at the moment. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he found his switch a month ago, and he's just had it jammed on the whole time. About the only thing he could do, mate, was have been four or five meters further back from that lineout. That's about the only criticism in his game on the night. Just over club, but just got the the jump, and that was, I guess, you fellas would probably agree that that was kind of a turning point, wasn't it? So if that was the water, they go to twenty five fifteen. It's what was it, ten straight points, maybe, or whatever it was going to be. It was going to be enough to set them on their way to their first title in a decade. So a small miss, but a big one in so many ways. Yeah, yeah. It was a two try swing, right? And then Mm. um, I don't know. So maybe Yako Creel for the Lions and their losing performance was was amazing. Um, but I say Damian, Damian McKenzie did something for me, which is I always wondered if he was tough enough. Um, he lost in the Caketon because he couldn't, he got jarred in the tackle once. But I thought that the Crusaders just smashed the boy all first off and he still mm. stepped up. So that for me was uh, validation of world, of all black status is that he can play the tough stuff too. He's not just a quick silver yeah. jumping around guy. Yeah, yeah, there was absolutely. that shot that he landed. They were, it's a good point, mate. That shot that he landed, they it might have been Jacobson that he clipped. Or Finau, um, when the uh, sorry, the, the, they both play on his team. Uh, it, was, it might have been Barrett rather that was coming away, um, trying yeah, to truck one up, right. and he came in on the angle and just drove him back three or four meters. Like he clipped it. Yeah, yeah, really got him. Really got yep. him. I'm, uh, I'm intrigued, Shawnee, to tell us now that you've had a few days after the fact, tell us about the difference between calling a final to even calling. You know, a playoff game, semi-final. Never mind round nine. Like, what's what's the difference? What do you? What's the difference that you notice? Yeah, in the middle but, of a game, mate. That's a really good question, and I reckon the commentary kind of mirrors the game as well. It's pace of play. So, yeah. even at the best, uh, like you say, let's work up from a round game. So, round game is a round game. Uh, you can get through it, but there just seems to be a couple of lulls on the way or short moments where you can catch your breath and then go again or you can map it out or you can button onto the producer and let them know that you want to look at um, McKay's highlights or Jones's long ball. You could, you've got time to do that. But as you creep up the level of game, that reduces so significantly the time you've got to work those sort of levers. Uh, so that Brumbies-Hurricanes game was a good example. That game was over. In, that For me, that second half in particular mm. went by in like five minutes. Yeah. Mm. It was yep. test match ferocity. <laughs> there was non-stop. There were blokes whacking each other. There was ball in play for plenty of time. There were, it, and it meant something. When it yeah. means something, 
it goes quicker. So then that yeah. elevated again the week later, Brumbies Chiefs. I really, you know, I really enjoyed that Brumbies Chiefs game over there because I thought that the Brumbies could easily have won it. Uh, Again, then when you when you're calling a test match, it just goes up another level. Then when you're doing the World Cup, same as playing. There's just no downtime. It's just foot mm. on the throat, foot on the throttle the whole way through, and uh, it's just. I mean, that's your your most pure adrenaline hit comes yes. at that top level. Yes, yes, absolutely. I, I remember when I when I first got into live radio, a, a, a senior producer said to me at some point in your live broadcasting life you will get you'll get the adrenaline rush and you'll know why everyone loves it and for me funnily enough it only, it only came about a week and a half later and i had to just walk into our office and i said you were right i yeah. absolutely get it and it's 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 quite phenomenal do you do you realize how good a game it is when you're calling it or does it suddenly it's just it's just on and it's and it's great yeah, no, you, you do. You, you know when you're in the middle of a good one. And I guess one of the keys to that as well is to then not try and oversell the game yeah. that people are yep. watching at home. So you're what you're at home, you're watching a good game. You don't really need to be told this is a good game because you're watching it. So um, you don't really need to try and sell it. There'll be games that aren't as good where you do try and pump it up to try and mm. maintain interest or to try and keep the viewer... Uh, engaged in the contest, but good games just look after themselves. Like it's as simple as that. Good games look after themselves, and they go past real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I always so Shawnee, I always liked you as a commentator because I think of you as the Buddhist commentator. Like you really live in the moment. Uh, I don't feel like you come in with pre-packaged statements. I mean, you can tell sometimes it's just blurting out stuff that is literally pulled out of the back pocket. Um, and I think some other commentators, the ones that make mistakes, they seem to have a pre-ordained idea about the game, and they're and they're laying that template on top of it. I mean, I think of a few mm. guys, I'm not going to say their names, but I just feel like that detracts from the viewing performance. Yeah, and I, I guess that's one of the other things as well, uh, H, that you don't, um, you can never know what's coming. I mean, that's the beauty of it. That's why you guys watch it. That's why you cover mm. it. Is that you just don't know what's coming down yeah. the line. It's then having the foresight to plan for that should that happen. So to give you guys an example of that, I don't think we touched on this the last time we spoke, but what will happen? So I'll use I'll use I'll use Wallabies France uh, that midweek run of tests that we had. When was that? Twenty twenty one. Sorry, I lose yeah. in COVID. So twenty twenty one. So what will happen is I'll never go into a game. I'll never ever go into a match with. Uh, what we call them SOTs, with SOTs written down. So SOT stands for, Brett, you know this, sound on sound tape. On tape. So, um, you never you never write down a pre-scripted SOT, that, which will then get in turn rolled out in promos and highlights down the track and that sort of stuff. Uh, I never do that. But what I will do is the game progresses and just let's just say we're closing in on full time. So in that third and deciding test, and Hoops had spoken about... Um, believing in the Wallabies. So that was Hoops' line, Believe like, you got to believe in us, you got to believe in us, we're going places. So as we're closing in on full-time in that one, the game's still up in the air, up in the air, I'll throw it over the commentary to Horan and um, Morgs or to Gug and Drew, whoever's in there with me, let them carry it for a moment, and then I will, as the game's happening with a few moments to go, Not I will script down a line, so don't want to stuff it. 
Yeah. That's still an organic right. thing. Do you know what I mean? It's not a yeah, pre thought yeah. out thing. It's still organic. I'm still using the moment to craft exactly. the. I'm still using the moment to craft the uh, sort that I want. And like that's a good example because they still roll that out through promos. And I'm hoping they use it in the lead up to the World Cup because that's what we want to do. We want to believe in the Wallabies. And it was all organic from the get-go. Yeah, right. That's like that's proper craft work there. Is that something you learnt in time or is that something you were taught? This is this is all in time and this is yeah. this is like this is something that you develop like in the same way that I like your guys' writing styles. Uh it's the same thing. Like you I'm I would bet, you know, everything to nothing that the two of you have approached things the same way. You find what works, you yeah. refine it, you shift it. Maybe that works, maybe that doesn't. Brett, you're a dickhead. Why'd you say that? Maybe I was. I'll pull it back. So you're, you're constant. And if you're not constantly evolving yeah. or looking at new ways using your style that you've developed, then what's the point of anything in life if mm. you're not getting better as you go? Yeah, no, you're going backwards effectively. You're going backwards. Um, what's, what's the difference in your preparation then between – Around, around around eight or nine game in a, <laughs> oh, a I tell you what I have learned I've learned from the early days like again I can't even remember if we discussed this but those early days when I was doing a lot of those Western Force games I couldn't say no to a glass of wine on the flight over like, <laughs> there was one day I had like a 3pm hangover on the way over there before the game I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to sleep this off. I was like, no more. They're like, go on. I was like, okay, all right. Um, so I learned from that. I'm a lot more I'm a lot more professional on that front uh, as far as, you know, just being in the moment, being mindful of where you are and what you're doing. In terms of the prep, uh, it kind of looks after itself. So you hit round seven. If I hit round seven of Super Rugby Pacific and I've got the Rebels playing the Reds, I know those guys inside out. I can call yes. each of them without numbers on their back, truly. Like, yeah. I could just let them go. And and they're the same way you guys could, in the same way all the raw listeners could, in the same the way raw commenters could, they could do the same. So that gets easier the more you see them. In fact, the higher you go, the easier it is because there's more column inches, there's more research done, there's yes, more stats true. available for each of those players. So the higher you go, the easier. The hardest games to do uh, shoot shield matches because yeah. it's just the Wild West. Absolutely, absolutely. When you when you have to turn up to a game and you've got what you think is going to be one to fifteen, and yeah. you go and have a quiet word with the coach and you go, "You name this on Tuesday night. How close is it?" And he goes, "Oh no, that's all out." And then you have to call game off scribble. Then you're in trouble. <laughs> Speaking of one to fifteen, uh, Shawnee, uh, Eddie told us that he picks one through fifteen very easily. Then he goes to the final five. When you look at the uh, the squad that he's assembled right now, do you see some obvious final fives that are there more for the skulk, Brit smile, the fun, the golf, you know, the musical talent, uh, you know, and 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 and, and all those are those are those guys that you look at and say, you know, those are for the uh, for the game against Portugal, or do you oh, think so, there are some people so who still? So deciding? we're talking about the uh, the guys who go into making the squad what it is, who yeah, are good, the, are good the, team uh, men. The, the emus. Yeah, gotcha. The dirt trackers. They're happy to call themselves all sorts of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> part of that. Go on. Who, would I, who would I, I mean, I would have thought that Harry Wilson would have fitted that bill quite well, given yeah. what I know of him and how well he's like. So 
I was surprised. But again, I was surprised good that he skill. wasn't there for TRC. Uh, good skill, just good with a cricket bat. You know, he's teeing mm-hmm. up some backyard. He's teeing up cricket around the hotel. He'd get you going, True. I would imagine. Who good else shout. is there? Oh, man, Shock Brits would have been fun to play with. Hey, eh? geez, that guy's a happy fella. Oh, yeah. He's always he would have fine. been. He would have been even more fun to not play with. Probably Ned yeah. Hannigan too. Ned Hannigan. Yes. Uh, Ned's a great shit in my pants. It's ridiculous how funny. Hannigan. <laughs> yeah. Hannigan's Hannigan's pure. Like, and the vo- that voice he's got is just so. Oh, it's good. Country, but he's not really country, but it is country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do I you know, know what I mean. I know, I know exactly what you mean. I know he's exactly. City, what you he's mean. a city cowboy. Yeah. He's an urban cowboy. He's an <laughs> urban cowboy. Yeah. A butthole surfer. <laughs> but, but as as you blokes know, like there are a lot of really likable blokes inside each and one, every one of those Super Rugby franchises, and at the Wallabies yeah. level as well. Like they they're good fellas. Like they really are. I yeah. can't imagine there'd be too many uh, fishes or you know splits within that group once they hit it over in France because they are by and large like a really good bunch of blokes. Yeah, absolutely. is that how you is that how you think he did with the co-captains? You know, you kind of had the much more lackadaisical, happy-go-lucky slipper with the more intense Hooper, or is that more a statement that he's not sure that either of them will be um, on the starting fifteen? Yeah, I don't know. It's funny you mentioned that, like that that contrast of personality. I've actually found slips in recent, uh, sorry, hoops since recent times has uh, really mellowed out quite significantly. Mm. Like he's okay. for me. Just in my personal interactions, very, very laid back, very, um, you know, at ease with where he is with everything, I guess, is the best way of describing it. Uh, and that contrast, yeah, I think it might be more around what you've just mentioned there in terms of the match day makeup of those teams. I think that might be a, yeah. a, a biggest fear on the reason for it. Yeah, yeah. You do, you do wonder if it's a hint to maybe Michael Hooper finishing games. Whatever he chooses to do in that space, I'll back him. He sold me so significantly with his chat with you guys last week. I was like, "I'm in, whatever, mate. Just go for it." Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> he's a he's he's a good storyteller. You know, I looked at yeah. this, this article Brett and I looked at over the week together on, uh, from Telegraph about Martin Gleeson, who was an attack coach for England, and he actually was very revealing about Eddie's ways. And one of those was that Eddie was really holding back the attack. Of England on purpose, and he was going to unveil it only this year, which could explain yes. a lot, right? Second mm-hmm. was that he said he's the ultimate storyteller; that he can get guys ready to run through a wall, mm. run over fire for the guy. Is that how yeah. you? Is that how you see them? You know, like I, I left the pod thinking, "Geez, you know, I want to go play rugby right now. I want to like, give me the <laughs> ball right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Run it straight, yeah." Yeah, no, and, and he just has that, I, I guess, because he's so... I mean, this is just a total uh, personal view on him from the outside in, just as a guy and the way he presents, is that he has such an ability and turn of phrase to be able to offer such small snippets of praise, I guess, yeah. to make people feel, like you say... H invincible like it's just it doesn't it doesn't have to be effusive it's just a small nod or a small yeah, yeah mate he goes all right mate he's okay it's like shit okay well then this guy's going to be a, a world beater so just seeing that from the outside in is amazing um and and just you guys touched on it last week just seeing 
how big an impact he's had as far as stirring the pot, saying the right things. Everything yeah. he says is so cleverly strategized as well. I think um, he's just—he's. I mean, he's a brilliant operator. He is. Um, I. I can't wait, honestly, as I said at the top of the show, I can't wait to see how they go over in Pretoria in a couple of weeks' time. Rugby on the Raw. We're, we've inadvertently already got into Wallabies talk. What what did we make of the, the first Wallabies squad of the year, Sean? There was a, there's a few surprises, but I think it was sort of mostly picked itself, I think. Yeah, I think the ones that we kind of, or that I kind of uh, was not unsure around, but sort of threw me a bit. I was surprised Lockie Lonigan wasn't there. I think yeah. form-wise has been consistently better than Geordie has been this year down with the Rebels. So that one kind of threw me a little bit. And yeah. I thought uh, Noss's temperament and approach to playing footy as well would have kind of fit into what Eddie would have liked. So that one kind of threw me a little bit uh, surprised that Harry didn't get a shot in there off the back of him delivering what was asked of him, what I thought was requested and expected in those later stages of the season. So that was a bit of a shock to me. And then uh, Josh Kemeny's emergence. I mean, on the other side, the guys that went in really through. He's been excellent this year. I'm not surprised in terms of uh, him as a player. I was just surprised that he had sort of leapfrogged so many to get a shot in there. Along with Peachy, that's that's great. I don't, Dylan Peach, I was really happy for. Really, yeah, really happy. They're, they're both you, – you, we have to classify them both as bolters, but they're the sort of bolters that once you see their name, you go, well, yeah, of course. Like, it just they just made sense, I, th- I think, as well. And it's an interesting point that you make about Jordan Ulysse against um, – uh, over, say, Lockie Lonigan. And, Harry, actually, I wonder if it might be a case of – Horses for courses. They they didn't specify that this is the squad for the first two games, but I think it probably mm. obviously is. And it's South Africa and Argentina in within six days of each other. So I wonder if he wanted a bit of size to throw at the box in Pretoria, and then he can tinker with his squad once he gets back to Australia. Yeah, it's hard to draw too much from this, right? Because there's so much changing mm. still to be had, and I think he likes sending messages. People can still jet in very easily. Yeah. Um, but I'd, I'd say it was true to his picture of power being the new era. That um, I mean, yeah. Rennie, I think Rennie was a power coach too, but maybe saying, okay, we're going to power down even more. Yeah, and maybe, and like you say, maybe yeah. Hooper, maybe the maybe the first Hooper is is a finisher. Maybe the maybe the second Hooper, the young Hooper, is uh, going to be up for grabs and see if he, how he fares against the box, which is a good test for a young blind side. Let's go play the box in Pretoria. Yeah. So Eddie's never been that sentimental about picks, right? He'll put someone out there and see if they're a test match animal. I do think you can look at some of the physique issues. I mean, he said he doesn't do metrics, but I think he does look over a guy and say, are you tough enough to be in my um, my bank robbery? You know, like, And I think I think you can see some of that. You can see some of that of like, yeah. these are some tough operators. And maybe he, he felt like some of the people were a little too soft. I was probably surprised by... Jake Gordon, maybe I shouldn't have been, but I feel like he had a pretty good season. Um, that's probably about it. And maybe in our pod, I was he was he was predicting the Hooper, um, Tom Hooper. Uh, he did, yes. He, he was yes. waxing, uh, you know, rhetorical about the guy. Like this guy's a big guy. He's a tough guy. So I feel like, yeah, that wasn't really a bolter for us. Maybe Do you guys know what, uh, and I'm sure you're the same. When you manage to put words to print and words online. When you sort of highlight someone early on and yeah. 
you circle them and you go, yeah, this this one's going to go somewhere, and then they do. It's like yeah. you're feeling, you feel so invested in that journey that they're on as well because you've sort of highlighted and you're circling and said, there's places for this bloke to uh, to get to and they're at the top and then you're on board with them all the way through and uh, Tommy Hooper's certainly one of those. Yeah, he's yeah, such a good story. Like I I was lucky enough to call Noah Lolasio's first season of first grade here yeah. in, in Canberra and he went from, from Colts to off the bench to playing outside centre mm. to starring at 10 in a grand final within the space of about four months. He was he, His back half of the year was so good at outside centre, he was named in the team of the year at 13 and then he played 12 and 10 in the grand final, in the semi-final final and just starred. And we just thought, this kid's going to be all right. And he comes up through the NRC and I find, I find myself getting almost – disappointed when he's continually overlooked because I know how hard he works and mm. you'd, you'd know it as well, Sean, you, you, you get to know these guys and you can't help but feel a bit of their, their pain when they do get left out. Yeah. And you do. I mean, you have a huge degree of empathy around it. So uh, it's it, Noah's not there, but I guess he was kind of uh, on the slide a little bit anyway, even with the Brums. So yeah, I reckon it's, a, I reckon it's a good team guys. I'm just wondering. Mm. So we talk about utility with Benny Donaldson there. Does Carter Gordon not fit that mould as a potential 10 15? Yes. Like, is it he kind of do you know what I mean in that same yeah. space? Yeah, and that's why I, I do wonder. And, and I've if I didn't, if I haven't said it out loud, or I'm sure I've written it in recent weeks, I do wonder whether this is also a case of Eddie giving a few blokes enough rope. Going, All right, let's have a look. Let's have a look over these next two weeks mm. and you show me that you're worth taking to France. And yeah, I reckon also, there's probably a few guys in that category. Yeah, and he also seems to be quite serious about this experimentation with the 7-1 idea. And if you do 7-1, Carter Gordon <laughs> is perfect. Even if you do 6-2, yeah. Carter Gordon's good because Carter Gordon can yeah. play that all-important position and, and back. You could probably see Carter Gordon playing wing or outside center. I mean, it's, mm. he's the kind of guy who has that skill set. He's very aggressive too. I would say one working theory I have is when you lose a final, a grand final, like Eddie did in 2019, that sticks with you a long time about yeah. maybe two times. Maybe it's too long sometimes, but you try to, you try to win that final again. You want to redo it. And there's a bit of, there's a bit of a beat the box idea in the squad. I mean, there's a bit of a, like, we're yeah. not going to get done again that way. So there's a lot of big yeah. bodies and there's many <clears throat> utility players like Roy LaRue, Damien Phillips, the type, who, who can slide around, you know. And so I think maybe he's looking for that France Dane, Billy LaRue type player. And gosh, maybe 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 Ben Donaldson is one of the guys he thinks he can do that with a big punch. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Can what, I ask you guys, can I, I was going to say, can I ask you guys this? So I saw the announcement. I think Christy might have put it up. Uh, and the, the amount of traffic and comments on the Raw website, I think that you're up around 400 comments. Is that a lot more than it's been previously? Like, is this... Is this um, approach and this thinking stimulating more engagement on the raw side of things as well? Oh, it's it's right it's right up there. Like four hundred comments is a is a big story, yeah, for sure. And there's but there has been a few of those this year to be to be okay. fair. But yeah, and the first like when he named his squad in in April, that probably generated just as many because it was a case of a classic case in Australian rugby of reading far too much into a training squad in April. 
What's yeah. he doing there? He hasn't possibly done enough. <laughs> Guys, they're, they're not playing a game here. They're literally training for two days. So, yeah, there was it, – it's got, it got big reaction. Um, but then – Everything around last week's pod got big reaction as well. So mm. the the point in that I think is that he's even when it comes to Test week, and it'll be even bigger next week. Even when it comes to the the, the eve of the international season, box office Eddie is just still delivering. That's yep. that's what it comes down to. Yep. So this whole this whole utility player thing. As soon as I, I read that, Harry, and as soon as I heard you explain that, all of a sudden, and I'm sure you did the same thing. I've gone. He's going to play a seven-one bench at some point. <laughs> no, I think I think you know, so. I think sometimes it's important to take Eddie literally because he actually does things that you think are uh, crazy. Yeah, but I, I mean, there's there's point to it, right? I mean, if you find the right one of the seven, you can play a seven-one, and that's actually mm. a brilliant if move. If you can find the right one, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and you know what'll happen? The ball's in play so much. The ball's in yeah. play that the that the forwards are knackered. Yeah, and you know what'll happen? He'll play this seven-one bench. And he'll get to the post-match presser and then they'll say, so 7-1 bench. And he'll say, yeah, well, I floated it about a month ago and I was laughed at. We were the guys laughing. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, the other thing that jumped out at me just in terms of uh, the way he spoke about Reese Hodge the other day, I thought Hodge might get a fair bit of time over the rugby championship as well. Mm. He was uh, very complimentary of of Hodge who's come, who's back in vogue. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this this whole utility value thing, and he can literally play anywhere between ten and fifteen. And yeah. it wouldn't at all surprise me if over the next week Eddie walks up next to Hodgie and says, "You ever fed a scrum?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that that, convers- that conversation absolutely is going to happen. So wouldn't you know, it's not that hard like, nowadays. Oi, oi! <laughs> There's no need for things like that. There's just no need for that. I can beat you from here, you realise. You just chuck it and then a flank switch. <laughs> it it does, I think it I think it does confirm that and and you're right, you know, Dave Rennie was always playing uh, a, a a power carry game, but but it does look and feel like Eddie Jones is prepared to go full Jeremy Clarkson. Power like he's he's going full blown, isn't he? Wait, 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 are we talking like Billy Idol? At the NRL Grand Final, when someone <laughs> no, plugs no, that's the stage, and he goes, "Would somebody give me some power? power? We just need some power. power." Do you know this story, Harry? This is a classic. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, do? yeah, yeah good, good. Yeah, no, it's a proper power game. I think yeah. so, but so Rennie did play power, but he had too many penalties. So Eddie's yeah. going to have to somehow get to the point of the breakdown without pe- being penalised, and so I think I was trying to look at the squad and see. Uh, is there a difference in that? Are these good, yeah. clean rock cleaners? Yeah, and that's a good question, actually. Like, there's some good on-ballers in that squad, but the clean-out mm-hmm. is something, Sean, that Australia has traditionally struggled at. It's always been... When they have struggled in a game, the attacking clean-out has often been the first point of failure. Yeah, that one last year, Wallaby Springboks at the SFS yeah. was just... A, an absolute cluster. I mean, that was a nightmare. Evening yeah, for them. they just couldn't. They, they just there was such a disconnect with their ball carriers and their uh, retention of possession that they got mm. murdered on the other side of it. I, I, I can't. I can't imagine that'll happen again this year. You would hope not. You would certainly no. hope not. Are we? Are we going to start seeing? Well, I've just we've talked about box office Eddie. Do we start seeing business Eddie from this point? 
Like he's got his squad on the Gold Coast now. Yeah. Do you know what? I don't care. Like if that's the way it goes, like I'm probably going to get yelled at by a producer or two at work for saying that. But I think he's done so much already. Yeah. In that short period of time. I mean, he got off the plane, came straight to the Sydney Sevens, said, can I have a chat with him? He said, sure, mate, let's go for it. Chat on the world feed. First time we've ever had an international coach interviewed on a Sevens world feed in the 22-year history of that tournament. And Eddie was the first in the same way he's in so many other things that he does to do with footy. So if he wants to shut up shop, I don't really care. If it means that he's going to get us the Bledisloe back, I don't care. If he gets us to a World Cup final, I don't care. Like, whatever he needs to do from here on in, mate, go for it. Because he has already offered up so much of himself, of his time. I mean, I don't know when the guy sleeps or even if he does sleep, but he has already (laughs) given us all so much in such a short period. If the the shutters come down now, I kind of get why they would. Yeah, yeah, it's a fair point, Harry. Sometimes you have just got to play the straight bat. Yeah, any rivals uh, rivals me in his ability to uh, to just have <laughs> new ideas, new mischief shenanigans. I cannot believe it. Uh, but there's a there's a part of that story by Martin that Martin Gleason's interviewed in, uh, where he says you would get text at four a.m. from Eddie, uh, posting a video from a Japanese attack move or something, and saying, yeah. "What do you see in this?" And yeah. so, yeah, I I think he's the perfect kind of coach for the short haul. I have raised questions about the long term. Yeah. Health and, put, and giving a contract for that long because I think there's administrative issues and succession plans. But if you just want a guy to say do a 1,200 meter sprint, as I think he said, he did, and he's a guy, right? He's going to stay up all night, every night for 57 days straight and do it. Yeah, and he'll do it as he needs to. Yeah. yeah. How have you found him, Sean, to to deal with this year? His, his first year back. How have you found uh... him as, as, as TV talent? Is he is he different away from the camera to in front of it? Uh, so I've only had the one uh, one-on-one interview with him. That was when he first got off the plane. He's done a few other spots, I think, on panel with McArdle and yep. those guys, and he's the best. Like people yeah. hang onto every single word he says, every single word that he says. In the same way they do with Checker, his delivery is so engaging; it just captures you. You know, mm. like you've got great orators who just capture you and you get swept up in it so he's uh he's been terrific again i know he's been really giving of his time and and offered up plenty for my colleagues at stan and nine as well so no one could have asked for any more on that front truly yeah absolutely no it's going to be uh it's going to be a fascinating intro and and, and, a, and an entree i suppose for the for the rugby championship that they're in pretoria to start with um Best of luck with the calls in a couple of weeks. Enjoy the weekend off. Um, and thanks much, so much for coming back on for a chat with us. Oh, so nice to be with great people. Really, really is. And uh, let's hope that they can get us a result over there in Pretoria for the first time ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, Harry, I won't be disappointed if you go to Pretoria <laughs> and, get, and get your butt kicked. I won't be disappointed. I am marching to Pretoria. Now it's going to be a skeleton <laughs> squad. Uh, Rossi's playing clever, so it's going to be probably yes. about seven, six or seven starters. So, but interesting for both sides. I think it might yep. give them both what they want. I think Eddie might notch a win, uh, and then Rossi will say, "Yeah, but we didn't really play our top team." Yeah, whatever, mate. Still says win on the scoreboard. Johnny, <laughs> thanks, mate. Good on you. We'll talk to you soon. See you, boys. The roar. 
Harry, great to speak to Sean Maloney again. As always, you can get Shawnee on the socials as well at Shawnee two hundred two, as you just saw. Uh, if you're following us on the socials and you've watched a bit of the video, you can see that there. But uh, he's on Twitter and, and Insta, and you see him there. Always a good chat, mate, with him, isn't he? We say friend of the pod. It's sort of a vernacular. It's a uh, nomenclature. He's really a friend of the pod. Yeah, right? genuinely, genuinely. Yeah, he's a friendly guy, and he gives us. He's so generous with his time. Yeah, no, it gives us gives us so much. Absolutely, um, a little bit of uh, results around the weekend. There wasn't a whole lot of rugby played around. We're really sort of running out of competitions, and which means this time next week is going to be even even less. But we haven't touched on major league rugby for a few weeks, and so I can tell you that Seattle and Old Glory DC won their respective semifinals to win through to their conference finals. So Seattle will face. San Diego Legion in the Western Conference Final and Old Glory face the New England Free Jacks. So that's got another couple of weeks to run on that. Um, and I think they've got over that. There was a massive blue there last week. There's been some there's been some things going on in Major League Rugby this year, hasn't there? There were five Dallas Jackals. I five red cards. Yeah. <laughs> it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. Um a little bit of news over the last seven days, though. There's been plenty of news, that's for sure. Uh, early last week was the news that um, Will Harris, one of your many favourite players that you've named this year, is on his way from the Waratahs to the Western Force. So uh, Simon Cron building up a, a decent squad over there. The Champions Cup pool draw happened, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday, Australian time, and it all came out, you know, about right. They've sort of switched to to four pools of six this year instead of 14 pools of three or whatever they were doing in the past. But the big talking point was pool four, which was (laughs) Leinster, La Rochelle, Saracens, pretty much the three winners and the three final. Like it was, it was, it was, we talk about pools of death in, in competitions like this. This was pool of, death and decomposure like it was it was <laughs> a little baby stormers in that group too yeah true so it, it was um it's it's fascinating to see how that plays out speaking of toulouse and france the toulouse players surfed with the top 14 shield as part of the celebrations did you see that yeah, you can never let a nine hang around a trophy too long or any kind of award, right? It's, I wonder it's if perverted. I wonder if that's because they, yeah, clearly couldn't drink out of it, so they <laughs> yeah, took it. They took it in the drink instead. Maybe. Yeah. Um, it's all. It's been about Rugby World Cup strip launches over the last week. Uh, the Wallabies launched their uh, their strip for France later this year. Looked remarkably similar to last year's. I've got to say. Yeah, it's it looks it looks fine. It look it looks fine. It's, it's, it's good. It's clean. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah, I like it. They they ha- had a, a white jersey picture. That is of their official uh, alternate strip, but they won't actually wear it. They're not going to wear it against Portugal. They've they've told mm. World Rugby, but they have to have it. It'll end up being a training kit, but officially, it's there on the very 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 off chance they meet Romania in a quarter final. <laughs> that's that's why they need it. That's that's why they need it. Japan launched their their rugby world cup strip, and similarly, it looks unremarkably similar to their last three world cup strips, but with very very short pants. 
<laughs> Might be very true. Might be true. The London Irish fallout continues. Uh, one test wallaby, Ollie Hoskins, signed a two-year deal with Saracens um, and said in his little departing statement that I'll be forever London Irish, but he's grateful for the opportunity for very obvious reasons. So uh, best of luck for him. Uh, reports in France late last week that uh, Blues prop Nippo Lalala is heading to Toulouse to play to replace Charlie Falmawina, um, which is which is probably not a not a bad call. The Blues have got a little bit of work to do to replace him up front. Uh, Isaac Rodder was ruled out of the World mm. Cup last year with a recurrence of that foot injury. Happened in uh, in the Wallabies pre-camp, I suppose it was last week. So that's that's just shocking luck for him. I mean, that's the second reoccurrence of that same injury in the last twelve months for him. He's just having a shocking run. Really is. Tough luck and big guys, when they hurt their feet, it's really hard to heal. Yeah, hard to come back from. Speaking of friends of the pod, uh, Arabella McKenzie was, uh, and, and the, the Premier 15's contingent yes. is now back from England, back in the Wallaroos squad, getting ready for their first uh, O'Reilly Cup contest with the Black Ferns this week in Brisbane. That starts their Pacific Four campaign. And the top four teams of the Pack Four go through to the first leg of the WXV tournament, which is the new uh, Women's International Series, which is going to happen in New Zealand in October. But Bella was also named on Sunday night at uh, Inside Centre in the Prem 15's team of the season, which is just fantastic. We just say, well done to you, and it's just further proof that you come on the pod and you do all right. So, you know, hopefully that's a good omen for Eddie Jones. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, speaking of WXV1, England, France and Wales are already through um, by, by virtue of their performances in the six nations the women's six nations this year obviously so uh we'll see how the wallaroos go in uh, in pack four the junior wallabies take on ireland at the under 20s world championships in south africa on thursday they just got past fiji over the weekend um, and play england next tuesday um, over there to finish it former fiji and scotland head coach Vern cotter is set to be named as the new blues coach according to reports out of new zealand over the weekend, he'll um, take over from Leon, Leon McDonald, who obviously joined Scott Robertson's All Blacks coaching team after the Rugby World Cup. And uh, it hasn't happened as yet, but Anton Linnett Brown was cited for that uh, that high tackle on Dallas McLeod. So no result that I've seen as yet. Um, but by the time you're listening to this, uh, he may well have found himself uh, getting. Six down to three. I reckon that's got classic yeah. three-week suspension all over it. Yeah, I think so, right? So, mate, that is us done for episode 68 of the Raw Rugby Podcast. Don't forget Harry and I are both on the socials. Uh, more ratings and reviews flooding in, uh, more than 50-odd, I think, on, on Apple Podcasts alone now. Um, and please do leave one if your pod platform allows it. Uh, and also like, follow, subscribe. Uh, on your pod platform of choice, particularly now that we're getting into instant reaction season. You don't want to miss those once we uh, start ranting after test matches. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay and Harry Jones, every week on the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite rugby analysis, opinions and conversations. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week. Come believe with us.